Welcome to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I'm Don. And I'm Dustin. We're coming to you from Lubbock, Texas. And London, England. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome everyone to D4 Sports Day Drinking with Don and Dustin, episode number nine, coming to you on September the 26th, 2023. I am Don, live in London, as the sun is almost going down already, since it's five o'clock now, and the time changes so fast here, it gets dark so crazy. Dustin, say hello to the people. Hello, people. We got that sun coming up on our side, being 1130 here. Um, <laughs> So we'll take it, but it is a nice day and the weather is changing, becoming fall. And it is, it is the time of of year I like for sure. Yeah, no. And fall came in pretty quick here in, in uh, England. We had pretty hot weather the first week or two of September and this week it's cooled off. It's been lovely outside, right? About 70 degrees, a little bit of rain, nothing, which is pretty much standard for London, but, but yeah, it's wild because midsummer, you know, it's light until 1030, 1045 at night here. And now it's dark before eight. <laughs> it's, Jeez. it's just, it changes so fast. And the days right. go from extremely long to extremely short. We're not extremely short yet. We're kind of middle of the road, right about 12 hours of sunlight. But uh, yeah, doing our thing over here, enjoying the Rugby World Cup in France. Dustin, you've been catching a lot of the Rugby World Cup? I have not. Well, that's a little surprising. I figured you'd be all over that. Well, you know, I got a, a good buddy that is a huge rugby fan. He's from New Zealand. Uh, so oh. he's a fan yeah. of the All Blacks, and he lets me know how they're doing. But that's about it when it comes to rugby. Yeah, I've caught a little bit of it. You know, they are showing it all over the place in every pub. And, you know, where, where they still have maybe a screen set up in public, they're, they are showing the, the Rugby World Cup. Pretty big competition, I guess. Um, you know, if you like. I was actually talking to a guy in, in the pub last week about rugby trying to ask him he's like oh it's a lot like football like american football I'm like yeah except that you know they'll kind of just pitch the ball and then they just randomly kick it <laughs> i said why do they just decide to kick it he goes well you know i was like mm, i could use a little more than that and he was like well you know they decide maybe they're not going to have success running so they just kick but you can kick it and then if your team catches the kick you get it so it's not like a punt i don't know that that to me is like it's fourth down. You're not having success running it, so you do kick it. Then that's about that's American yeah. football. <laughs> and, and apparently, there is a type of rugby where you get like yeah three or four like plays from the time you gain possession, and if not, then you have to kick it away. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I enjoy watching rugby. It's very exciting. I mean, it's a pretty it's it, it, you know it's fast paced, keeps moving, continuous action sport, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I still don't quite understand the strategy of it too much, um, but fun to watch. Uh, you know, and rugby. Hey, you know, there's a few NFL teams that play. You know, a bit of rugby style. Uh, Baltimore Ravens come to mind. That's right. <laughs> a lot of running when when they have success, anyway. Uh, but and a good kicker. We'll, we'll, well, and a good kicker. Yeah. Although he missed a 60 yarder. I, he came up short for the win. I was a little surprised, actually. I mean, 60 yards is a long way. So yeah. I would say it's a very long ways. Yes. <laughs> you, you can't fault him too much for missing a 60 yarder. But um, yeah, Tucker, you know, that guy, I mean, 75 yards, run him out there. Why not? He might do it. He might do it. But never know. So. All right. So, so just real quick. 
Uh, we're going to get to our kind of our you know set segments, but let me just ask real quick, Dustin, biggest story in the NFL in Week Three? Dolphins. <laughs> no. Come that's, on. That's my biggest story. I mean. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's the biggest story, but it's not the biggest story. What's the biggest story in the NFL? Let's let's see. We're gonna go to Kansas City mm-hmm. and Taylor Swift oh, and Travis yeah. Kelsey. Oh, that's the biggest story in the NFL. Period. Unquestionable. Uh, it's it's something. It's something. It was it funny. Uh, nephew came home from school yesterday, and he's like, "You won't believe what the talk of the town is at school." I said, "What's that?" He goes, <laughs> "Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey." I said, "You're not telling me you guys." talked about Taylor Swift all day. He goes, well, it was the girls. I said, sure it was. <laughs> all of a sudden, every young teenage girl in America is going to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Just what we need. Just what we need. More bandwagon right. Chiefs fans. Well, didn't it? I think I read something where Travis Kelsey jersey sales uh, went up 400%. <laughs> yesterday. And they probably weren't at zero anyway. Right. But that, I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> It's the Taylor Swift effect. I'm telling you, if Taylor Swift said, I'm running for president, she'd win. Probably. She'd win. There's a a really good chance. So, anyway, we'll come back to football later. But, yeah, Taylor Swift, that's just what the NFL needed was Taylor Swift. The script writers have have really nailed it this year. (laughs) I mean. I'll tell you you what, Arian Foster, man, he's in there just writing everything (laughs) down. He is cashing the checks. Cash in the checks. All right. Well, hey, a couple of uh, updates from the specifically the D4 sports world. Number one, the family pick'em game. Big news in this is that we had two new entries. Well, really in week two. Uh, and, uh, but uh, Sam's uh, girlfriend, who happens to live in England, uh, you know, she's over in our, you know, in our, uh, in our neck of the woods. She, she joined and had a pretty good showing. Uh, you know, the, in her first week, and and you know we have our chat group, right? Little little banter, little friendly banter back and forth. And my wife sees the chat group, and is like, "Hey, can I join the chat group?" And I'm like, "No, it's only it's it's only for it's only for you know players in the league." And so after ten plus years of family pick'em, Karen joined the league. Why? For the chat group. For the chat group. She didn't want That's, to be left out of the chat. It's it's kind of a a lose lose for you though, because oh, I know, yeah. If if she beats you in one week, then oh man, she well, she's she, gonna hold it over you. She already did this week. I know, but I wasn't gonna bring it up. I was just gonna say well, if and and there yeah, you go. If. But yeah, but hey, that was a rough week for you. It's all right. It it yeah. happens. Well, I'm still I'm only current standings. You after a strong week. Uh, are in a four-way tie for first with uh, my son Sam, former D4 uh, guest uh, guest host, my brother Stuart, uh, my daughter Claire, and you all have 30 correct. Uh, my son-in-law Trey, who does the music for D4, mind you, um, and who, by the way, just a little a little flash, he dropped us several new tunes that are really good that you're going to get to hear in the coming days. Trey, thank you very much for that. Yes, and sir. then Thanks, uh, Allie's boyfriend, Will, uh, they're, they're tied for fifth, technically, at 29. And I am sole seventh at Solid. 28. So I'm only, I'm only two back. 
But isn't that like the perfect number, right? Seven? Sure. Perfect for me. <laughs> there you go. You'll take it. My sister's at 26. Allie. Boy, Allie. Mm. Didn't make her picks for the morning of Sunday. Didn't do it. Yeah. Which is crazy because so she yeah. picked for Thursday and then just decided not to pick for Sunday when she was doing it, just in case. Well, I was even talking to Karen in her like you know second week doing this. I said, hey, don't forget to make your picks. So she made them on, on Thursday. And then Sunday, I was like, hey, do you, are your picks in? She's like, well, I did them Thursday. I said, well, yeah, but there are people who pick Thursday and they think, oh, I'll come back and do Sunday. And she's like, oh, I totally forget. I said, well, she goes, why would anybody do that? Allie's why would anybody that do that? That's why right. would anyone do that? But uh, Karen and uh, Becca are tied. They are in last, of course, because they've only been two weeks. They're a week behind, 18 each. So, you know, it's, it's still anybody's game. Still anybody's game. But fantasy. And I feel like some of them oh. choose their teams based off of how you choose your formula, formula One. It's the jersey. <laughs> it's the jerseys. Right? Or That's what I, I remember well, hearing. Yeah. And Becca's best had the greatest quote. She was just picking based on cities she'd heard of in the U.S. And it was Atlanta and Green Bay. And she took Atlanta because she's like, I've never heard of Green Bay. And then Sam's like, well, this in Wisconsin. And she's like, well, they're not any good at football in Wisconsin. <laughs> that was funny. And she said she was I getting don't... better at U.S. geography based off of uh, family right. pick'em. So there you go. That's right. So D4 is spawning a learning environment. That's right. I think we can all agree. So oh, absolutely. Multiple, multiple aspects of the pod happen in here. But uh, fantasy, our fantasy competition, you had a strong week. Or maybe I had a bad week. I don't know what it was, but you're six. We'll go with the former over the latter. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You were six <laughs> and two this week, so you've got a two-game lead. I'd have to, I haven't, don't quite have the running total of the math, but you're up, uh, you're up, you're going to be up four on me now going forward. But uh, Millwall, still Dustin. Up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, still lots of time left in that, for sure. Still lots of time left. Uh, Millwall, Dustin, you, how, how's Millwall look this last week? Um, They didn't lose. So there is that. Um, I can't remember. I think there was a match right after we did our last segment or our last episode, and they did fairly well in that one. I think they won yeah. 3-0. 3-0. Um, that, was, that was good. To even score uh, was, was nice. Um, but then they played against Saturday, and it was a draw, 0-0. Not much offense going there. Um, yeah. But we didn't lose any points. We actually gained four. So, you know, we'll, we'll take that. Well, you were looking at the standings and Millwall. And I am, you know, standalone seventh in our Pick'em League. And Millwall is solo 11th, right? Yeah. In the, in the Championship League. 11th out of 24. Solidly middle of the pack. But, hey, they're alive. They're alive. They're there. So, no one likes us and we don't care. I don't know. They probably care a little bit. They might care a little bit. They might care a little bit, but hard to say. All right. A uh, couple of quick hits, a couple of shots to get started. Dustin, what uh, what do you got for me? All right. So my quick hit is uh, we're going to go to the NBA. Now, we haven't talked okay. much basketball. Um, mm-hmm. One, because the seasons haven't started. Uh, but two, there's not a, a whole lot going on. But this was interesting to me. The Warriors have mm-hmm. signed Rodney Magruder. 
I'm going to guess you've never even heard of Rodney Magruder. Uh, didn't he, like, film the Kennedy assassination? Mm. Oh, no, that was, that was Zapruder. The Zapruder film, not the Magruder film. Sorry. Different. Uh, close. Different. Close. Yeah. Rod, Rodney Magruder played at Kansas State, so I watched him play um, in college quite a bit. Okay. But he now, or he was, playing for the, the Detroit Pistons. Um, mm. And he's, he didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but he could shoot the mm-hmm. ball. But here's the interesting thing about this is mm-hmm. he is now signed with the Warriors, but the Warriors over the past few years have had some beef with Magruder, and they've mm. been very vocal about it. Hmm. So when they were in the bubble, I believe that Magruder was standing up for a teammate, and Clay Thompson kind of stepped in. After that, Clay Thompson's getting interviewed, and they ask him about that, and he goes, "Oh, I think he's just mad because he's not going to be in the league long. He's not a good enough player." Oh, oh. So just straight up threw him under the bus. He is on yeah. a different team at that time, but still, that's a that's a bold statement for somebody. Yeah. And then shortly after that, they're interviewing Draymond Green, and he's talking about, "Oh, Magruder thinks he's a tough guy. There aren't many tough guys in this league." He goes, Magruder's mm-hmm. not one of those. And he's probably just mad because he's not getting playing time. He's on the bench while everything's going on and then feels like he's got to stand up for somebody. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of of this verbal conflict between these two uh, entities. Well, now they've signed Magruder to go play Magruder. where Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, Chris Paul has had a lot of beef with the Warriors over the past several years, mm-hmm. uh, and he is now with the Warriors as well, which I find interesting mm. because he's the point guard, and Steph Curry's yeah. a point guard slash shooting guard. Steve Kerr was on record the other day stating that they have six starters on the team, which, you know, you can't start six guys, and Chris Paul has always said that he doesn't want to go somewhere that he's not going to be a starter. So I'm interested to see uh, how the Warriors team plays out moving forward with all these different additions um, on the team. So that'll be interesting to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it strikes me that anybody who's followed basketball the last few years, you think the last the last thing the Warriors needs another guard. But there you go. We'll see how it goes. And Well, so now to the Magruder story, there have been other – guys who've switched teams where there's been some previous bad blood, right? I mean, this isn't wholly new, right? Agreed. Uh, But, I I mean, to come out and say somebody's not good enough, that they're not going to be in the league long, uh, you think you're a tough guy, but we know that you're not. I mean, there's there's a lot of just, I don't want, maybe bad blood. It's pretty pointed. Some some statements that could get the blood boiling for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, maybe in the locker not- room there when when they come in in the locker room they may just say oh you know how things go it, it was just because in the heat of the moment and you know you got to defend your team versus you know whatever yeah yeah um the, I'm sure ultimately they'll be fine they'll put it behind them or maybe M- M- Magruder will send a contract and then purposely tank what is it winning cures all ills so just Ten- go win tends to tends to yeah 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 just win just win baby just like the Chicago Bears. <clears throat> Oh, wait a minute. I, I, I'm, Shots I fired early. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. It'll, there's, more, there's more where that came from, let me tell you. But, Speaking uh, of the Taylor, Taylor Swift 
uh, you know, yeah. she shows up for that, and boom, there you go, the Taylor Swift effect. Yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> sure that's what it was, but <laughs> it's certain. Yeah, well, I'm going to lay that aside for a minute. I'm going to I'm going to move forward. Dustin, do you know what a scoregami is? A scoregami. Scoregami, like origami, uh, but with a score. No. No. Well, so there is a, uh, well, I guess it's X, formerly known as Twitter account, uh, known as the Scorigami account. And the Scorigami tracks unique scores in the NFL. So every time there's a unique score in the NFL, and, and like it, it, it live through the games, it'll be like, oh, here's the score of the game. And if, you know, he starts tracking, like, what's the you know, most likely Scorigami outcome? There have been three Scorigamis this year, which... That doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, when you really think about it, all of the possible scoring combinations in the NFL, given that the NFL's what almost 100 years old, it's pretty hard to have a unique score. There's not a whole lot of unique scores left, but there's actually been three. The obvious one from this week, the Dolphins game, because not many teams score 70. So 70 to 20 was a scoregami. Of course. So there's that one. But there was another one uh, this weekend, uh, and that was the Eagles and Bucks. At 25 to 11, 25 to 11, the Eagles beat Tampa Bay. The score had never occurred in the NFL uh, to to this point. Well, 11 is a tough one, right? 11 is not a very common number. Uh, Right. With a two-point conversion lately, it's a little more common because you can get, you know, a touchdown, two-point, and a field goal. You got that. But, uh, yeah, the score got me at 25-11. And and also, there was one in week one, the Ravens game – uh, Ravens and Texans, I believe, 25 to 9. 25 to 9 was also a score, Gami. So, fun It's fact. just hard to think there's actually scores out there right now that haven't been hit. Yeah. Well, there's not many. Obviously, any game ending with four is pretty much a, a slam dunk because to only get two safeties in a game d- doesn't happen. I think there's only been one game where anybody ended with four. Um, mm-hmm. So, that's a tough one. Obviously, you can't score just one. Uh, so, uh, you know, but anything with just a three, five is a fairly uncommon number again because the only way to get that's a field goal and the safety. But everything else, you know, once you start getting, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven again is a strange one. Most numbers after that, you know, you start just in the way the scoring goes in the NFL, it's, it's pretty uncommon. But th- three score gummies, two this week. So that's a. Uh, a fun little tidbit. Oh, and I forgot to ask you, what are you, uh, what are you drinking? What are you drinking right now? I am drinking, a, a, again, you know, sparkling water, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. triple berry bubbly bounce. Man. Oh, yeah. a triple berry bubbly bounce. You know, TB cubed. You know, there you go. <laughs> TB cubed. There you go. I, I am enjoying a hobgoblin. Uh, a lovely little uh, British ale here. Yeah, that that sounds you know, that sounds like something out of uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, I don't believe that is. But uh, a standard D and D character for those who might be D and Ders out there. Out of there. my realm. Well, maybe maybe we'll need a guest. No, we don't. that's not going to fit. D. Well, I mean, it is D and D, so maybe Don and Dustin play Dungeons and Dragons. Nobody's nobody's paying for that. That may be like episode, you know, two eighteen or something. Who knows? <laughs> two two eighteen. We need you. We need you, listeners, 
to help us get to show 218 because episode 218 will be the official Dungeons and Dragons episode. You heard it right here. Dustin has go. declared it so. So whatever, if we're still doing this four years from now or something, we'll have to get into uh, Dungeons & Dragons. But uh, those are your shots for the week. We're going to dive into some more serious conversations, as we are wont to do on D4, coming up next. I know that uh, the people can't see you because we have yet to give a full video podcast, but I can see you. And let me just say, sir, the shirt today is fantastic. I appreciate it. I, I think I've worn it once before, probably when the Cardinals actually made the playoffs. Um, I, it's not, not one to pub- wear out in, in public. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. And it's it, kind of it hard to describe that. That's kind of the it's, Cardinals ugly Christmas sweater t-shirt. Exactly. Oh, but the material, man. Come on. This is like that dry fit material. Oh, is it? Great. I can't I yeah. I can't get the material well, uh, you right. know, over the over the cover. But yeah, no, it looks good on but you. But snowflakes, Christmas trees, I mean, but yeah, they uh yeah. they definitely I wore it, you know, cuz I know you get to see me and I'm going to try try to mix it up for for t-shirts with you, but Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Cardinals did not have a stellar season. And, uh, no, not one for the record books. Nope. But, 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 but baseball, baseball, we are in the home stretch. We're coming up to the, uh, you know, to the pennant races and, uh, and there are a couple this year. Yeah, there are, um, there are some divisions that have looked terrible, um, that okay. have to have to send buddy, you know, to the playoffs twins, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but there is one, uh, the AL West, that looks interesting over the next week because mm. right now the Rangers are in first, uh, which could give them a bye um, mm-hmm. for the first round. They are at 88 and 68. But right behind them, the Astros um, are 86 and 71. So I think they're two and a half games back. And then mm-hmm. the Mariners, I believe, are four games back. Now, with seven games to go, you would think, well, the Rangers have a pretty good chance. But here's the thing, is that the Rangers play Seattle the last four games of the year. If Seattle plays well enough, they have a good chance to either jump into the wild card position um, and the Astros get out or um, jump and the Rangers move out of contention. And, and then I'm sure there's a possibility that all three get in. Uh, but at, at this point in time, um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes for the next week between those three teams, just because everything really hinges on those last few games. And it's interesting to see that a season that is 162 games long really comes down, especially in a division, for it to come down to that many games. Yeah. Well, and what's really you know, kind of the, the interesting piece of all this is that you have the Tampa Bay Rays, or pardon me, the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays, who were 87 and 69. <clears throat> so there's a good chance that one of those three teams, the Rangers, Astros, or Mariners, whoever flops the last week, there's a good chance one of them don't actually get in and they're just fully on the outside looking in, right? Right. And 
the the Jays have you know a few more games to go as well. I didn't check and see who they play, but um, yeah. it will be it will be interesting. Like I said, yeah. Another another thing I do find interesting is that the Reds are on the outside looking in as well, and mm-hmm. they are eighty and seventy seven, <laughs> and the Cubs. Yeah. The Cubs are in as of right now at eighty-two and seventy-four. Yep. And I know I'm just throwing out a lot of numbers and a lot of records, but here's the interesting thing in this: the Cubs still play the Brewers, who mm-hmm. lead their division. Yep. And the Braves, who have the best record in baseball, those yep. are the two series they have left. The Reds play the Guardians and the Cardinals. So the Reds actually, even though they're outside, could potentially jump in there and knock the Cubs out of the playoffs, which I would be fine with. I mean, come on. Well, Cubs don't want to be in the playoffs. No. No, we don't want the Cubs in the playoffs, do we? I mean, baseball does, but I mean, Cardinals don't. Who is baseball? You are baseball. Look at that shirt you're wearing. You were, you should, we should just let you pick the teams. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's quite the way it works, but uh, yeah, no, it's good for baseball to have a pennant race, right? Because, I mean, like we like we've talked about, you know, arguably the biggest story of the of the season starting off with Shohei Otani, he's out, you know. So and I, baseball, I mean, it's just it, it you know it's struggling to kind of generate the same buzz as a lot of the other sports, and uh, you know it's, it's good and 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 all that in the midst of the Braves putting together, I mean, record-wise, not the most remarkable season, but statistic-wise, um, they're ridiculous. Yeah, they've put uh, up a lot of good numbers in regards yeah, to offense. I mean, they're, they're, well, their point differentials, 230, plus 230. Their home run totals are just off the charts. Uh, I, I mean, there's... Yeah, and Matt Olson leading baseball right now with, what, 53, 54 home runs? Yeah, that's, I think that's what it is. I mean, but just a a solid team, top to bottom, and I, uh, it, I they're going to be tough to beat. I think. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I mean, you never know. Playoffs are playoffs in all sports, and things can go sideways in a hurry. You play a, a bad stretch, uh, and uh, you know, and everything you know can end. Or you can play a great stretch, like the team that everybody thought was going to close hard, the Kansas City Royals. Oh, of course. I mean, over the last ten games. Nine and one. I mean, nine and one. That's a given. Yeah, to bring their record to fifty-four wins and one hundred and two losses. That's Ooh. uh, that's close. Terrible. Close. Yeah. One stat I found interesting because in baseball, with as many games as there are, it is yeah. hard to win at a year in and year out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Yankees are the Yankees, but at the same time. There are years they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. The Dodgers have won the NL West 10 out of the last 11 years. Wow. So that's either saying that the NL West is just not good, which may be part of it, but the Dodgers over the past decade have proven that they, one, have the money, and two, uh, (laughs) have have played very well over the past decade. Well, and what is interesting, though, go ahead. I was just going to say it's just that's just hard to do in baseball for for a, yeah. a decade stretch. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. And I mean, I, I almost think you'd have to probably go back to, boy, the, the, the Braves in the 90s, you know, where they won a, a ton in a row. The Yankees in the 90s were also obviously very good. But, but they still, I mean, the Red Sox played solid baseball then. I mean, there was a lot of back and forth. And, and what's, I, what I was going to say was that the Giants have actually probably won the World I know they have won the more, more World Series in the last 10 to 15 years than the Dodgers have, even though Only they don't win the years. division. Yeah, well, you know, you can't, you don't want to win it every year. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so interesting. And, and I think that's another thing that kind of goes to show that, you know, the, again, I think part of it is it's a 162-game season. And so, you know, it's kind of hard to say, oh, we didn't really have a chance or, you know, we lost one or two, one or two games. I mean, yeah, okay, pennant races at the end of the season come down to one or two games. But a team that wins 90 compared to a team that wins 100 is, I mean, you know, those are both good teams. And you put them in a series together and it can go either way. And I think, I think we see a lot of wildcard teams that end up, you know, doing, doing pretty well um, in baseball, which, which makes the baseball playoffs exciting because – you know, and, and they need some excitement. Um, and again, I, I, I'm not trying to bag on baseball, but, you know, we were talking about this last week and we didn't put it in the show, but we, we want to talk just a little bit about it. And because I was looking at some of the stats, because I remember as a kid, Wade Boggs and Rod Carew and Tony Gwynn and hitter upon hitter upon hitter. Some guys made a push for hitting 400. You had guys hitting 350, 360. You had tons of guys just hitting. And I, I checked, and, and this year there are just so few guys hitting over 300. There's only nine players currently hitting over 300 with, you know, what, six, seven games left in the season. And I, I did a little bit of quick comparison, and I'm not going to, you know, just dump numbers. But, uh, I mean, you go back, you know, to 2018, you had – 16 players over, you know, over 300. 2013, you had 24. The steroid era in 1998, you had 90. So, okay, anomaly. But even back to 1993, 88, and 83, you had 36, 22, 26. You had, you had 20 players a year, 20 to 30 players a year who went over 300. And by the same time, you had guys who were also hitting for power, you know, with, an, you know, OPS. You know, your on-base plus your slugging, right? A standard hitter's measure. And I, I was looking, and I kind of, 900 seems to be sort of the top tier. And you go back in the mid-2010s, and you had 10 guys, you know, 10, 11, 29 in, in guys with an OPS over 900 in 2019. And again, the steroid era, you, you had 35 and 32. This year, there's only eight. So it, what's, what's wild to me, and, I, you know, this is, anybody who's followed baseball knows this is the case. It's, it's home run or nothing. Right. It's I mean, total hits are down in the league. Total hits are down to almost the level they were back in the 80s. But runs are up. So you get more runs, but you have fewer hits, fewer extra base hits. You just have home runs. And, and I, I, I go ahead. Well, I was just going to say we, we talked a little bit about this and home runs are more fun. Like it's a mm-hmm. uh, more brings more enjoyment to the game but it like you said last week i believe it was it's only for a small time because they yeah. just got to get around the bases and then it's like okay he hit a home run yeah where you know hitting a single is like eh, okay he got on base now where yeah you know i think if you have a guy on first and third down one run 
you know, what's going to happen next? Can you hit a double and get a run and possibly two runs or get to second and third and then you've got right. the game tied? I mean, there's a lot of different things that could play a part in it, but it, you don't see those things very often anymore. Right. Or, or, or you know, I mean, and they, obviously now that pitchers don't hit at all the National League, right, almost nobody bunts anymore. The butt is a, you know, a dying art form. Uh, not that it never happens, but, you know, the, the doubles. I, the bottom line, you take players off the bases. You take away most of the action of baseball. You know, st- right. stolen bases. Although stolen bases are up because they made the bases bigger. Because of the base, Which brings them yes. closer together. And so stolen bases, and I think, so I think that was a good idea on baseball's part to try to bring, so when you do get base runners on, you have a more of a greater chance of stealing. But double plays are down. They have to be because you have fewer people on base, right? Double plays are down. Throwing a play at the plate from the outfield. I mean, just the action. Just as strikeouts go up, as all the pitchers are throwing over 100 miles an hour, you know, I mean, everybody's, I mean, 95 and up at least. I mean, with few exceptions. Guys are, you know, and they're, they're not throwing complete games. I was looking at this too. I mean, I think this year the number of complete games is like 12 or something. You know, and you go, I mean... That's just preposterous. You had I think Nolan Ryan pitching. had that in one year. Oh, well, I mean, you go back to the 60s and 70s and stuff, and yeah, I mean, you had guys throwing, you know, tons and tons of complete games. But even not, not that long ago, I mean, and, and, I, and, I, and again, I don't want to just dump stats, but I looked at, I mean, it has fallen off a cliff since 2016. You know, just there was always 30, 40, 50 complete games in a season. You had pitchers, Pedro Martinez, I think, you know, when his heyday was throwing eight or nine complete games a season. And that's mm-hmm. the league. That's the entire league now. And I, and I mean, it's the evolution of the game, right? So that's fine. I just, it's, you know, yeah, the home runs are exciting. But, and, and yeah, I mean, look, you score more runs, you win more games. But it, it, as just trying to keep the game exciting, because everybody's big complaint about baseball. Not everybody. I mean, look, people who love baseball love baseball. And the guys who love the strategy of baseball are, are, you know, they love it, right? They want to, and most of the guys I know who are true baseball purists were National League guys because they liked having the pitcher in, you know, that a lot more strategy, you know, with how do you manage your pitcher and the hitting and all that. And now with the DH everywhere, that a lot of that's gone away. And I just, uh, I don't know, when your biggest innovation is making the game 30 minutes shorter, <laughs> that's... You know, and and nobody's complaining about the pitch clock anymore. In fact, I was looking, and I, one of the major baseball writers of the year said, hands down, the best thing of the year is, is the pitch clock. So you literally took 30 minutes out of the game and didn't lose anything. Right. And that's just a and I mean, playing 162 yeah. games in a year, too, though. I mean, that, that plays a huge part in it because you can not follow for 100 games. And then, I mean, let's look at, you know, the Rangers and the Astros and the Mariners right now, you can go, hey, <laughs> missed uh, 170 or 155 games. Let's just watch yeah. the last seven because that's going to be <laughs> interesting. Because right? that's going to decide it, right? Yeah. It really will. And that's what's crazy. And and I know that's sports. That's baseball. I get it too. But for it to be that long of a season and not, like you said, not much has changed in regard to it. I don't know. It... Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because I think we're seeing baseball's popularity wane, you know, and, and they're trying, they're trying to keep the game afloat. 
Um, and, and yet the trends in the game, in and of themselves, pitchers throwing harder, you know, using four and five pitchers a game, so nobody gets tired, so you're always facing a fresh arm that you haven't seen. Everybody's swinging for the fences. The, the game is evolving to a game with less action. And right. that's a problem. I mean, it's right. a problem... It's a problem if you want to have those kind of marginal connected fans, right? I mean, the diehards are always going to be there. But if you want to capture the imagination of, of young people, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to continue to struggle. And I don't know what the answer is. Um, and, and maybe, you know, baseball, the national pastime, you know, the, you know, the patriotic, you know, 165-year-old or however, you know, 125-year-old game in the U.S., um, you know, is in danger of falling behind MLS in popularity, I hate to say. You know, yeah. but uh, I don't know. We'll see. So, well, we will definitely. I do. Follow, I do want to jump back baseball. real quick okay. because I said it's not an odd year for the Giants. I, I need to, to retract my statement. It's not an even year. Uh, so right. the Giants won I, it in 2010, 2012, and 2014 with Bruce Bochy, who is now the Rangers manager. And ooh. I feel bad for the Rangers because it's an, it's odd, an odd year, year. <laughs> not an even year. Yeah. So sorry, maybe, Rangers maybe. fans. <laughs> maybe Bochy can only win in the, I, you know I, I thought that was incorrect but I, I couldn't remember I wasn't sure so I yeah. wasn't going to go on record and, 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 and as soon as I said yeah. it it was one of those things like oh yeah. I'm going to need to look at that one um, yep. so yeah I looked it up so alright baseball pennant race coming to the end of the season we'll see what happens we'll track it for you here on D4 Sports check in for baseball updates Baseball might be drawing to a close, but the NFL is just kicking into high gear. Week three, and I would say this tends to happen each year. You, 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 the first week or two, things are a little out of kilter, and then it's usually week three, week four, people start turning back to their stud players. You know, you have your big, your big name guys or your big name guys for a reason, and sure enough. Week three, certainly at the wide receiver position, we saw this like, like I mean, Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, goodness gracious, Keenan Allen. Jamar Chase. These guys. Jamar Chase just having, finally, you're like, okay. <laughs> the, I think the offensive coordinator is like, all right, we've tried our creative stuff. Now just throw it to the good guys. And, uh, right. And you finally saw some of this. But, I mean, there's only one place to start this week and that is 70 points that's a lot of points that's a lot of points and i you know you can tell me we're trying to be nice and not trying to embarrass anybody all you want but you should have kicked the field goal to get oh absolutely that's not even in question i mean yeah and 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 as a coach you can just say we just wanted the record it wasn't about rubbing it in their face and and well, who's gonna yeah. and who's gonna say well you shouldn't have done that for the record? I mean most people probably think especially at seventy to twenty. I mean you're up fifty. Yeah. I get not rubbing yeah. it in their face. At the same time, you still kick it and just go now we, yeah. we we hold that record. Well, and to be fair, right the 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 last touchdown was on just a what sixty yard run or something, right by their by a a, a chain who just had the 
ridiculous week. But the touchdown before that, though, they, what was it? It was 56 to 20, and they, were, and they throw it deep, right? And that was, again, backup quarterback and backup receivers, but they threw a deep ball. And it's like, okay, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like, look, you, it's the same way. It was the same yeah. thing when, when Sean Payton didn't give Kamara the chance to get the seventh touchdown uh, when he was coaching. It's like you get down first and goal, you know, at like the three or four, and you bring in your backup running back. You're like, give it to Kamara. And you don't get chances to set all-time records very often in the NFL. And it's like, oh, wait, 70 to 20 is nice, but somehow 73 to 20 would be mean. I mean – I don't yeah. know. And it was, you're right. It was 56 to 13 and it was a 68 yard pass from Mike White. So he's not, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even Tua. Yeah. And no. then it was a 67 yard run with eight minutes to go in the game to score yeah. 70. They had 70 yeah. with eight minutes to go. Yeah. What's, what's really crazy is they had 70 with 10 offensive touchdowns. They didn't have a kick return. They didn't have a defensive touchdown. They didn't. And I, I can't remember a game where, well, obviously I don't remember any games where anybody scored 70. But when you teams are scoring 60, they're almost always, you know, you're getting a special teams touchdown somewhere, you're getting an interception return, something like that. But in this case, just 10 touchdowns, man. 10 offensive touchdowns. So here's here's some stats for yeah. you with the Dolphins. Yeah. Okay. First ever team to score 70 points and have over 700 yards of offense. First team ever to have five passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. Mm. Tied for second ever with 300-plus passing yards and 300-plus rushing yards. Mm -hmm. Second ever to have 130 points through three games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second ever to have two guys with four touchdowns each. Mm -hmm. Tied for second to have 10 touchdowns in a game. And fourth ever for points at 70. Or tied for third, I think. So 72, 71, be, and 70. How could, they, how could anybody have had more than 10 touchdowns in a game? And I not score? No, that's just what... That's, and I agree. Yeah. I read that and I go, that doesn't make any sense. But that's what... Yeah. You know. <laughs> Unless they just missed all the extra points and only scored 66, right. I guess. But that seems unlikely. Went for two every time. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's face it. I mean, at this point, I mean, you want to talk about, an, I mean, that, that offense. Well, I, look, there's a lot of things happening here. I mean, the Broncos' defense was, I mean, that's beyond an embarrassment. I mean, there is that. But, you know, the, the incredible execution of the Dolphins' offense is, is great. And, you know, again, I, I haven't been the biggest to a supporter. But, no. I mean, he is, he is executing that offense. I mean, he's... I mean, he was 16 of 16 in the first half. I mean, he's, he's playing great. He's playing great football. I mean, and, you know, look, I, I hated Joe Montana as a kid, okay, because I was a Raiders fan and freaking Joe Montana. But I was never willing to say Joe Montana was not a good quarterback, right? Now, I'm not saying that Tua is Joe Montana yet, right? But Tua, yeah, I mean, he's having a great season. I mean, I, I can't deny it. I mean, you, 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 it's not even just, a, oh, well, he had a great game. You know, I mean, he's had a couple of these big games where he's chucking it deep to Tyreek Hill at the end of the game in the last couple of years. You know, but this game was just, I mean, that's as good an offensive execution across the board um, as you're ever going to see, and obviously, right? Because 70 points. So, yeah, I, you know, it remains to be seen if the Dolphins are going to really, you know, be the best team in the league because, frankly, I mean, the Patriots defense held them in check. 
you know. Um, but boy, I mean, if you execute like that, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose many. So yeah, boy, the Dolphins, man, crazy. Yeah, and if they can keep their run game like it is, especially with having the receivers that they have. I mean, Jalen Waddle didn't even play. Well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, but I. And I got to, I mean, I just got to believe that they're not going to be able to run the ball. I mean, I, I like Mostert, and he's ridiculously fast. And when he gets in the, when he gets in the open field, it's over. In fact, well, I so, saw something today. So is a chain. On Twitter. Yeah. Well, I saw on Twitter that they have the five, you know, all the advanced, you know, stats that are out there now. The five fastest guys with the ball in their hand so far this season. Like, between Mostert and Hill and a chain – uh, those three guys have the five fastest, you know, you know, with the ball in their hand at this point in the season. So speed right. kills, right? I mean, that's always been the way it is. And if man, if they stay healthy and they continue to execute, right? Because they're going to face better defenses, obviously, because that was, I, I, I don't care how good a team executes. You can't give up 10, 10 offensive touchdowns. I mean, that was, that was just brutal. I do like, though, I got to say, I got to give props to Miami for kind of pulling a, kind of a high school, college kind of thing, right? So their stadium, I don't know if you saw much of the game, but their stadium, the way it's aligned, the sun will crest the stadium and then come down, and their side is in the shade starting almost at the beginning of the game, and the sun is blaring straight into the opposing team's bench. And so you're in the deep heat and humidity of the of Miami and oh, sun Florida is weather's blazing. amazing. How could you say and, that? And and they were, they, they were, the announcers were even talking about it how, you know, Denver had brought in like special cooling benches. They had guys trying to hold up tarps to get guys in the shade. So it's a, I mean, I don't want to call it gamesmanship, but that's 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 kind of that's that's, smart. that's what you do in high school football, right? That's like painting the locker rooms pink. Right, you know, it's kind get, of thing. Getting an edge, man. Getting an edge. Well, yeah. I will find. I do find it interesting. You said at the beginning of this that you know, week three, everybody, everything kind of comes back to the mean. Like mm-hmm. you know, you've got your things over here. Every NFC South team lost this week. Yeah, every that's a one shocker. of them. So we talked about <laughs> talked about how they uh, they went. You know, three of the four were started two and zero. Oh. <laughs> All yeah. four of them lost. Yeah. Well, and the Saints, man, just rolled over. Just rolled over to the Packers, and uh, Jordan Love led the comeback, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't I mean, pretty. It, was, it wasn't pretty, but they did it. So you know, you you, you win. You just win, baby. Right? I mean, I'm heck, still the holding Patriots, on to Love. Yeah, I know you are. He's starting to show <laughs> a little, a little more of the young quarterback uh, nature. But yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, he's playing all right. I mean, you know, he's. You know, and if he can stay in, and I, I, they're pretty clearly not the same team without Aaron Jones. So, I think they need Aaron Jones back in a hurry. Absolutely, because they rely on him, and I know, I know Jordan Love relies on him a whole lot. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, but but I was I was gonna say, you know, I mean, in the just win baby category, I mean, the Patriots ugly win over the Jets, but they won. They won the game. I, you know, I, I look, I'm a Patriots fan. I would love to see them. I don't know. I just, that offense, it's just, and it, look, the Jets have a good defense, so it's not a terrible shame to not have your greatest offensive performance against them, but yeah, I don't know. Not doing it. But the Jets, man, boy, 
the train wreck just continues. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about teams that we follow and our favorite teams, how about them Cowboys? Mm. Eh? Uh, I mean, Mm. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but uh, those Arizona Cardinals, they kind of took them by surprise. Well, first play of the game, I mean, it was a 50-yard run by Joshua Dobbs. I mean, and they didn't play well. I know they've got their best defensive player out for the season. Um, But, I mean, Arizona just kind of took it to them, and their defense was definitely a bend, don't break. I mean, they gave up some things, but all in all. And the the interception in the end zone by Dak was just, that was bad. Well, the surprising thing to me was as that game, that game had one of those feels of, okay, Arizona came out fired up. But eventually Dallas is going to take over and they're going to control it. And, and they didn't. And they're coming down in the fourth quarter and they're running the ball. That's the only way to they, – they couldn't throw it. Dak, I mean, that yeah, was the anti-Jordan love there at the end of the game. And I, that was the thing that to me – and I'm not a Dak hater. I mean, I'm kind of ambivalent on Dak Prescott. He's a good quarterback. I, you know, I mean – He's got his moments. All quarterbacks have their moments, right? But I think, I mean, he's in the league long enough, you know. But boy, I, that was that was alarming that the Cowboys couldn't couldn't mount a significant comeback against the Cardinals. And, right, and and yeah. last week the Cardinals are up on the Giants, and the Giants come back right. and beat the Cardinals. So that's right. exactly what I thought too. Cardinals are up at halftime. But the second half is going to come out. Dak's going to take over. And like yeah. you said, it just didn't happen. So it is kind of alarming to see how that looks. Um, moving forward, I mean, they play the Patriots next. And yeah. then the following week, they play the Niners. And you want to talk about a team that looks like it's already moving on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. The Niners look good. Yeah, they do. They've they got, do. I mean, they, can, they continue to look good. Yeah. <laughs> Their offense is and, – and Brock Purdy's young too, and he's making some throws that are questionable. But all in all, I mean, they – McCaffrey, uh, he's just doing his thing. You got Debo and Ayuk sat out this game, but it didn't matter. Um, yep. They just they, – they look good. Their defense, Bosa, is is tough to defend. Yeah. And, and all in all, they're, they're going to be formidable this year, I believe. They are. And we have two marquee matchups next week. Two games that is on are on everybody everybody's radar screen, and, and that is Denver at Chicago, and uh, Minnesota at Carolina. The only zero and four teams left are playing each other this weekend, as it happens. But uh, Carolina, okay, nobody expected much out of Carolina, and I think you know again, I, I, you know Bryce Young didn't play this week, so they got the Red Rocket, no. you know, so. You know, there you go. The Bears, oh, train wreck. And look, I mean, there's other sports podcasts out there, and there's so much talk about what happened at Bears camp this week. Justin Fields coming out and being like, too many voices in my head. I mean, problem might be the coaches. And then he's like, no, 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 I didn't want to come back and say it was the coach's fault. But Justin Fields was just going to go out and play on instinct and just ball. And Taylor Swift said, I don't think so. No, that was bad. I mean, they Justin Fields did not have a day at nope. all. Nope. You know, and for him to come out and and say what he did, it's almost like he has to come out now and just 
wreck shop and he well he needed to he, do it this weekend right i mean right that's what i'm saying yeah it, yeah to, yeah. to show he was 11 of 22 for 99 yards with a rating of 58.7 and then 11 carries for 47 yards yeah so he had that's, 146 yards of offense on his end yeah and hey, the chiefs defense right and the chiefs it was it was a home game for the chiefs right it was in kansas Correct. city and okay the chiefs are good the chiefs defense has been i think surprisingly good this year i mean you know last year defense was spotty and really rallied at the end of the season and into the playoffs and carried them this year the chiefs defense has i think been solid from the beginning and i think that's bodes very very well for kansas city but they're not i mean they're not you know i i don't i don't, I don't know what they are statistically but I, I wouldn't put the chiefs in the top five defenses in the league but yeah i mean it was just what are the bears doing what are the bears doing it's it's the worst looking offense I've seen. And I'm a Patriots fan. We don't have a pretty offense. I'd take the Patriots offense 10 times out of 10 over the Bears at this point. My goodness. Just I would, terrible. I would tend to agree with you for sure. And we talked about re- reversion to the mean from last year to this year. Minnesota Vikings, you know, captain one win games, last one, one score games. They won them all last year. Holy Minnesota. I don't know what's going on there. They look bad. They look real bad. Um, with too much with too much talent to look that bad. Right. Yeah. They're. I mean, they lost Thielen and they lost Cook, but that's not going to be. I mean, you added Addison and you still yeah. got KJ Osborne and Hawkinson and. I mean, you've yeah. got some guys that can flat out play. Madison's not a bad running back either. And well, so, they can't run the ball to save their lives at this point, and I think right. that's the biggest thing. I mean, but. So it may not all be on Madison, but yeah, Minnesota. Well, I mean, there's already, you know, rumors swirling that the Jets might make a play for Kirk Cousins. And I mean, you're 0-3. And I think, what is it? Three or four teams in the history of the NFL have gone, started 0-3 and made the playoffs? Not very many. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's too early for the Vikings to, you know, call it quits and to give up on the season, but... Man, I, they got to figure something out there because that that was not good. That was not good. So I was looking at some stats, and its first three weeks has shown that this is definitely a running league, no longer a passing league. <laughs> um, I say that tongue in cheek, right? You know. So quarterback leading in passing right now is uh, Kirk Cousins with one thousand and seventy-five yards. Mm-hmm. Tua at 1,024. Justin Herbert, Stafford, and C.J. Stroud is yeah. fifth with 906. But get this, the records for each of those teams, Cousins, 0-3. Tua, 3-0. Okay, they've yeah. they've played well, right? Justin Herbert, Chargers are 1-2. Matthew Stafford, Rams are 1-2. C.J. Stroud, Houston, 1-2. Let's go to receiving. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson at 458. Mm-hmm. Vikings are 0-3. Tyree Kill, again, with Tua, we get that. They're 3-0. Keenan Allen, 402. Chargers, 1-2. Uh, Paku Nakua? Or Puka mm-hmm. Nakua. 338 Puka, Puka yards at 1-2. And, and then Devontae Adams with the Raiders at 1-2. So four of the five in each category have a mm-hmm. losing record. 
Let's mm-hmm. go to rushing. Uh-oh. Leading is Christian McCaffrey at 353. 49ers are 3-0. Yep. DeAndre Swift with the Eagles, 308. Uh-huh. They're 3-0. Jared Cook with the Bills is third. They're 2-1. That's a surprise. Yep. And then yep. James Conner is fourth. Cardinals. Yeah. They're 1-2. and two, So maybe that's the one in this one that, you know, one of these things yep. is not like the other. And then Tony Pollard is fifth. And they're 2-1. and one. Yep. So, I mean, I do say it tongue-in-cheek saying a running league, but the leaders in the rushing category have winning records except for the Cardinals. And then yep. you look at the – and and I totally understand that when you're winning a game, you want the clock to run, you're going to run the ball. I get that. When you're down, you're going to throw the ball. You're going to try yep. to get you know the, the game to – to last longer and things like that. So I do understand that aspect of it, but I do yep. find it interesting that only one out of the top are uh, have have a winning record. Yeah, how ironic would it be that we start the NFL season with the running backs? Not getting contracts, not getting signed, having their little, you know, Zoom call to talk it through. And if at the end of the season, it's all the best rushing teams that make the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, and I think we did say early on that you still have to have a run game in the NFL. If you don't have a run game, I mean, then you're not going to do well. I mean, you've got to be able to have – equal on both sides um i mean there are some teams right now that are really really struggling running that ball um the saints aren't doing that great to be honest the raiders with josh jacobs haven't haven't been doing great either mm -mm. so it's it's very interesting to see yeah and let i mean that dolphins game would have been nothing without mostert doing his thing and a chain i mean they had 300 yards rushing right now a couple of those were big pops, but that that ability to effectively run the ball was as big a weapon as Tua was in this game, right? I mean, I, I think no question. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. And we've talked about it more than once that, you know, you any team that becomes purely one-dimensional uh, is going to struggle. And I, I think a, a good example, that's the Chargers, right? With Austin Eckler, now... Granted, week one, Eckler, they didn't win the game, but they were a much more balanced team, although Eckler also catches a lot of things out of the backfield. But these last two weeks, Herbert is throwing the ball all over the yard. He's, I mean, he was like 40 of 48 this week for 400 yards in that win against Minnesota. Um, but, you know, you're, you're not going to win many times throwing the ball 50 times a game, right? And they because had 30 rushing the ball. yards. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> 15 carries. That's two yeah. yards a carry. That's not good. That's not good. And, and, and conversely, you know, and, and I think uh, over the weekend we were texting back and forth during the games, and I, I told you, oh, I had a podcast moment where I sat there and they were showing the Ravens, and all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson, who just doesn't look good in the pocket right now, starts running the ball. They start going back to kind of doing the option, you know, running the, the Ravens offense we've seen the last few years, and they start moving it, and, they, and sure enough, the – you know, the announcers are like, ah, the Ravens getting back to what they do best, you know, running the ball. And I'm like, yep, that's, uh, that's exactly right. I, hey, boy, the Ravens, 
they're one. I, I don't know. I'm not a Ravens believer this Ravens believer this year. I just I, I they are not passing the eye test. Now they've had a lot of injuries again, but I don't know. I just don't see them. Um, but let's let's quickly talk about you know we've we've done the surprise thing. You know we're three weeks in, and it's kind of like you start seeing okay there's surprises, and then there's like oh okay maybe we have a pattern here, right? And the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Oh, that's a little especially against Houston yeah I mean a lot of young guys on that Houston team but they played well this week yeah. and the Jaguars did not and so and again they played the Colts in week one yep and they didn't look good against the Colts nope. and so maybe there is a pattern in Jacksonville yeah I don't know and, and Detroit came back into form looked solid I think you know last week I mean and Something about the Seahawks and the Lions, they get together and they just have shootouts, uh, which they did in week two again. And they've done that like five games in a row now for them. But this week, the Lions came back, looked solid again. Uh, the Bengals. Now, Dustin, I didn't see the Bengals game. Did you see the Bengals? Uh, I watched quite a bit of the, the Bengals game. Yeah. And? And, and, and Joe Burrow looked hurt. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yep. But he did come out and say that, you know, the thought of re-injury um, – no, no. What he said was going zero and three is worse than me re-injuring my yeah. calf. He was like, "So I'm yeah. going to play." So we we go one and two. Yeah. Um, initially, they they didn't look good. They couldn't run the ball. They were throwing uh, quick passes, uh, six yard passes here and there, mm-hmm. just dink and dunk kind of thing. But then in the second half, they kind of flipped the script a little bit. Joe Mixon was mm-hmm. able to get some, you know, 14 to 16 yard runs in. Jamar yeah. Chase caught a lot of passes, but towards the end it was some some quality play on on Chase's part. And mm-hmm. again, I mean the Rams defense, I mean Aaron Donald's good. Yep. And he brought a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. Um, but when Joe would come out of the pocket and try to run a little bit or you know, it just he he does look injured. Yep. yep. But I do think the Bengals, if they can get some better protection, mm-hmm. they'll they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Yep. Well, and, and we have a few teams that we expected to be good, and they have delivered. Right, we mentioned the Niners, the Eagles, also you know delivering, looking pretty good. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs, you know, looked really good. All of a sudden, they found their offense this week, which is bad news for the rest of the NFL. Uh, if that keeps up. But, you know, the other team that I think is kind of quietly flying under the radar and looks back like a team that we maybe expected is Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills with some convincing wins the last couple of weeks. They're sitting at 2-1, and one, 91 points for, 35 points against. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. But are I mean, they really one, they under the rough, radar team? But they're not getting any press, I don't think. I don't feel like people are paying attention to Buffalo right now. Which is probably fine for good for them. I mean, yeah, they, well, yeah. they are a team that probably would do much better without everybody talking about them. Let everybody else get talked yeah. about and we'll just go win some games. Yeah. Um, it will be a, a great game this week for Buffalo. Um, yep. They play Miami. Yeah. And so that'll be that, that to me is the game of the week. Um, yeah, to see what what can happen there. I think definitely. I, well, I mean, you, you got Detroit and Green Bay, a good Thursday game, right? 
that's an important game for uh, the NFC North and early control of the NFC North. You have the, you know, the, the clash of the winless, the clashes of the winless. I think that'll be, that'll be good. Um, I'm looking at the rest of the games on the slate. Nothing's really, I mean, Kansas City, New York, you know, against the Jets would have been exciting, and now it's not, so uh, there's that. Baltimore, Cleveland, two two-and-one teams, divisional matchup. That's going to be an important game because uh, Cleveland, you know, I, Watson's not looking great, but, boy, they, they, they took it to the Titans, and the Titans got a pretty good defense so far. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll your, see. Your Patriots play the Cowboys. Yeah, and so we'll see how that goes. And you know, I mean, this is this will be kind of a litmus test game for both teams, I think, right? Because I mean, the Patriots' defense is looking really good um, across the board. I mean, they, you know, they got down early to both Miami and the Eagles, but really stiffened, and neither team was able to do much against them uh, offensively. Um, you know, I mean, the Dolphins did you know better than the Eagles certainly, uh, and then you know they shut the Jets down, which. You know, with you know, with the way the Jets are right now, that's not hard to do. So it's it, this will be a bit of a litmus test as they play. You know, a team that's been really at the top, and they're gonna have to show it on offense against a very good defense. And conversely, the Cowboys are gonna have to show that they can beat a good team. Because let's face it, they haven't really beaten anybody. I mean, the Giants. I mean, that week one, whatever, that debacle, right? And then they get the Jets. And then they lay an egg against the Cardinals. So ah, this, this is, it's, I would say for both teams, this is an important game. If the Patriots are going to do anything, they need to have a statement win. And this would be a statement win, I think, uh, for an early season for them. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not giving up, not giving up hope on them yet. But uh, yeah, really excited right. about the mo- Monday night game, too. Oh, Giants yeah. and Seahawks, man, that sounds yeah. like a fun one. Classic matchup. Again, with you know, That's with two, right. with two East marginal Coast versus teams. West Coast. Oh, there you go, there you go. That's we can about, build it that way. That's that's about the only thing I could think of on that one. Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. That's right. How long do you think Geno Smith is going to stay in the league? Mm, I have no idea. Three more years, maybe. I mean, because he was a guy who came out with a lot of hype and then really flopped really underperformed and was basically out. He goes to Seattle, has his big resurgence last year. This year he's uh, okay, but uh, okay is Ryan Tannehill, and that doesn't generally keep you in the league very long, right? Although, I mean, Tannehill's been hanging around, but uh, you know, I think he's helped by a guy named Derrick Henry. But I don't know. I'm curious. I, don't, I just don't see Geno. Mm, I don't know. We'll see how long the we'll Seahawks see. are going to. We'll see how long the Seahawks are going to put up with Geno, uh, with Geno Smith. But uh, right. all right, well let's let, let's bring it home here. Let's uh, let, let's let's bring in some last call. Um, I got I got a last call for you. And sticking with the NFL here, uh, I mentioned earlier Keenan Allen, 18 receptions on 20 targets uh, it was the third most receptions in a game ever. Only one receiver has had three games with more than 15 catches in a career. You know who that is? I'm going to say Julian Edelman. Keenan Allen. Well, there you go. Keenan Allen has three games in his career over 15 catches. 
He's the only one who's even close. Most receptions in a game ever, Brandon Marshall with 21. But Brandon Marshall had 28 targets in that game against Indianapolis. The next closest, apparently, Jason Witten was targeted 23 times one time. He had a game, he had 18. And Antonio Brown was targeted 23 times uh, back in 2015. He had 17 catches. But yeah, Keenan Allen, 18 for 20 this week. You got a last yes, call? Yes, for me. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it a last call. And this this goes out to all the people that uh, you know talk a lot of trash and can't back it up. Deion uh-oh, Sanders. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, man, Colorado laying an egg. They did not look good. Oregon definitely uh, took it to them. I just find it interesting. Oregon, you know, after the game puts out a, like a five-minute video of, of yeah, the recap of, of, of what it is. And pregame, those Colorado players were uh, were definitely talking yeah. some trash and, and kind of trying to give it to them. Um, but Oregon definitely uh, did all the talking on the football field because they didn't yeah. look good. They didn't well, look good. Well, and I'll be honest. I mean, you know, we, we talked early on. I mean, you know, there was not – I mean, there was hype around Colorado early, and they had, you know, the couple of big wins early, and people were like, oh, well, maybe they're for real. Nobody really expected Colorado to be great, so I'm not generally surprised that Colorado goes to Oregon and loses. However, the manner in which they lost was surprising. But I will also say this. You know, teams take on the personality of their coaches a lot of times because simply because – you know, the coach is going to mandate it, right? And and right. I got to say, as great a player as he was, I hated Deion Sanders when he played in the NFL. I just wanted someone to just sum up and just pop him in the mouth and just see him just get, I mean, I didn't want to see him get hurt, but knock him out of the game. Just somebody just crush the guy. And it never happened that I remember, right? And fair enough, but I just, the arrogant, I mean, that was just Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders. These guys always just, Got under my skin. Terrell Owens, same, right? I mean, great players. I'm not taking anything away from what they could do on the field. And you know what? Everybody, you got to choose your own, you know, you got to choose your own personality. You got to be who you're going to be. And these professional athletes, I mean, I can't help, I can't even fathom getting into their mind. But, but you know, here's Dion. And yeah, I mean, clearly the Colorado team is buying the Dion hype and they just got punched in the mouth. Right. And you either love them or you hate them. There's no in between. So with this Colorado team, what I'm seeing is you either love them or you hate them. You want to see them go yeah. undefeated or one loss now, but then there's everybody else like me who would love to see them lose by 40 every week. Yeah, I think it's exciting to have you know to have a new team show up, right? I mean, this is where and look, TCU last year was great and all that, but obviously that didn't end all that great. But you know, it's you know it's in the same thing where you know you get the blue bloods and you get these teams, but it's nice to have. I mean, frankly, it's it's kind of, and I know you're not going to like this, but it's a bit of a breath of fresh air to have Texas actually being competitive, right? To bring a new team into that mix. Hook them horns. This podcast is over. <laughs> I, I, I can see that coming. By the way, you know, in, in the spirit, well, I, and one of my other closers is also a coach's press conference, but this is, is this the 30th? I think it's the 30th anniversary of the, of the, uh, the, the, the Gundy uh, press conference at Oklahoma State. I'm a man. I'm 40 years old. Man, what a brilliant, what a brilliant. 
They are who we thought they were. Man, we could do a whole segment on Great Coaches Podcast. But one of my closing shots, wait, you know where I'm going with this. Coaches, coaches press conferences. And I mean, right now, the single greatest coach, and it's been this way for 20 years, the single greatest coaches pod, er, uh, press conferences, not maybe podcasts too, maybe we can get them on the podcast, that'd be great, uh, is Bill Belichick, right? Bill Belichick's press conferences are just fantastic in an, in an awful sort of way. But this week, Bill Belichick, I mean, knocked it out of the park. Knocked it out of the park. He gets asked, what do you think about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? And Belichick, in classic Belichick fashion, says, well, I would say that Travis Kelsey has had a lot of big catches in his career. This would be the biggest. Quality, man. He was, he, I wonder Dropped if he was just like, wait. The mic. <laughs> waiting on that one. He's like, I know somebody's going to ask me. I've been working on this for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, I mean, to be honest, I mean, and, you know, obviously Belichick has a very, Strategic approach to his press conferences, always had, tries to basically say nothing and excels at it better than anybody. But he's actually, a, he's a funny guy. He has a good dry wit when, when you're actually allowed to see him. Belichick is actually funnier than I think most people would. See, I don't think Saban has a funny bone in his body. Have you ever heard Saban say anything funny? No. I, I don't remember anything, right? And then you have the characters, you know, again, the Dennis Green... I'm not even going to go into it because we need to do a segment. We need to do a full-on D4 segment on on great coaches, <laughs> great coaches press conferences because that could be an episode. Man, or not even just coaches, but I'm only here so I don't get fined. That's oh, a great yeah. one too. <laughs> great. Okay, there it is. We're going to stop there. Greatest press conferences. That will be a D4 listeners. It's coming your way. I can't say probably before episode 218 when we tackle Dungeons and Dragons, but. You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll tee that one up. But, uh, yeah, Belichick drops the mic. Just perfect. Just perfect. Well, Dustin, you got anything else? I think we're good. Appreciate you guys listening. And, like always, let people know. Um, hopefully we can get the word out. Uh, post it on social media, whatever that looks like for you. But if you do have any questions for us, we can try to tackle those as well. You just got to let us know. Let us know on social. I gave you the email. I'll give it to you again. Pretty simple. D4DonAndDustin at gmail.com. Send us a question. Send us a segment request, drink request, whatever you got. I'm, you know, wrapping up my hobgoblin here. I know your sparkling water is hitting you hard uh, this week, Dustin. That's right. So we got to get out of here uh, before anything else goes sideways. And we have any more Taylor Swift moments because she's had more than enough time on this podcast this week. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. D4. Done. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin. And by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4. And all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.